future is Mecca. The previous episode. Three days until you get kicked out and your dad explodes. I think it means we're not getting our money back. Liam ripped us off. The module, traveling now at a very high speed, hit both of them. Not bad for our first match. Crush them all, I sent her. We were piloting six meter basic mechs. The copter went flying. The red flag came up and stood in front of the closed door with his big silver L for Lyrica on it. They must have watched the first round of clips because they were well spaced and keeping an eye on my crane, just like I wanted them to. These players were smarter than the ones in the first round. No one was hanging back. They had been starting to spread out, and one was definitely on their way to sneak around behind me, but my new position brought them all back together and heading towards me. They must have watched the first round clips because they were well spaced and keeping an eye on my crane just like I wanted them to. The situation became a standoff. The clock was running down, and they could see that small as my tower was, just two modules, it was still taller than theirs, and I was adding to it like I fully expected to be the last one standing. Which I did. Finally, they made a move towards me, and I took control of the crane and flew it out between us. They saw it coming and froze, ready to move out of the way if it dropped the module it was carrying. They watched it as I brought it lower. In this gravity, even a short fall would accelerate the module to a game-ending speed. I brought it lower, which confused them. It even touched down on the ground for a moment, blocking me from their view. And when it lifted back up again, the beam I had been holding was lying on the ground, and I had disappeared. I was clinging to the other side as the crane sped back over to my tower at a speed the mechas couldn't match. I dropped off before it reached the ground next to my little victory tower. That gravity was cranked way up. It was a short drop, but it triggered the emergency jets. I slapped the fastener I had into its place between the stacked modules to secure a corner. I grabbed two more from the module before sending the crane up to the top to put it into place. I had time to grab more fasteners from the supply cache. Most of the corners were secured before I started climbing. I made sure I was out of sight from the others so they would worry about what I was up to. They were just approaching when I stood up on the top. The three of them stopped and stared up at me. They were doing the math. I could see the crane at the nearest site move into action. Someone was trying to catch up. At 45 meters above them, I was out of their group comms range, but I would love to have heard what they were saying. One player, the one on the left of the little group, made the next move. They slid one leg back and went down on one knee. They did this fast, and at the same time they swung the beam they were holding across and into the knee of the mecha next to them. It failed to pop the joint and as they went for a second swing, their victim brought down the end of their own beam, combining high gravity and construction mecha strength, onto the cockpit, cracking the canopy and triggering a red flag. This left the third player stepping back to get into position to take a swing before they got taken out. This gave the cockpit popper plenty of time to do what the first attacker couldn't. A full mecha torso swing of the beam, coming up from ground level and aimed for the other cockpit. A hand got in the way, but that was fine. It popped the wrist and up came another red flag. My opponents had eliminated themselves. The match was almost over. I had the only tower. I had plenty of stuff to drop if a climb was attempted. That's why a crane drone started flying towards me with a module hanging from its cable. They got full points for learning. They could try and use the module as a wrecking ball, or hope I stood still long enough for them to drop it on me. Not that I would give them the chance. I knocked it out of the sky with my own crane drone. They both spiraled to the ground a long way from my tower, smashed rotors scattering parts as they plummeted. That made the final player angry enough, or desperate enough, to start climbing, making it easy for me to take a plate, 
place it against the edge of the module and let it drop like the blade of a guillotine. It felt like it had been fired from a railgun. I don't even know what joints I knocked out. Maybe I took both its hands off. Who knows? The final red flag appeared, and with only a couple of minutes left on the clock, I was heading into round four. Dad found me as I was lying beside the sim rig tightening the leg proths. The poor rig had seen too many hours and needed a major overhaul. Prax, the Robovacs aren't running. You left your noodle tub on the bench and the curtains. I'm through to round four. That made him stop. He rubbed his chin with his hand as he nodded. He had lost a skin over a couple of his knuckles and they showed blood. Both of his hands were streaked with dirt and there were grass and mud stains on the knees of his pants. He was really working it out there in the garden. That's great, but I asked you to do a few simple things. I'm going to do them. What's the rush? I finished tightening the wiggle out of both leg actuators and sat up. Dad looked at the back of his hand and saw the raw knuckles. He put them to his mouth. I guess to suck some of the dirt out of the wounds. He gave them another glance and wiped them against the side of his shirt. It just has to be done. It's time we started taking better care of this place. And ourselves. If anyone came over, they'd think we're not dealing. Like who's going to come over? Your friends? Tomorrow? They're not coming in. He stepped in and reached out a hand. I took it and he pulled me up. It made my feet leave the ground. Not as high as when I was little, but he was still strong enough to lift me with one hand. I followed him to the kitchen as he headed out the back door to do more work in the garden. The noodle tub went into the compactor in the service room. That's also where the Robovacs waited on their charging pad. The dust drawers that you pull out of their bellies were empty. It had been weeks and weeks since we let them roam. I picked up the bigger one by the handle on its back, took it into the living area, and switched it on before coming back for the smaller one and carrying it upstairs to Dad's room. The Robovacs were kind of like piglets, except their snout is long enough to reach the ground and flares out at the end. Just below where the curly tail would be if they had one was a round grill where the warm exhaust from the intake fan came out. I bet whoever designed that thought they were pretty funny. The body was round like a pig's body, and its four legs were skinny and ended in soft plastic blobs. I pressed the button on the top of its head, and it pranced into the room on its blobby feet, its fan whining and its head down as it swept its nose back and forth across the carpet. That left me with a few minutes before the next match, and I still had to deal with my sister's room. Fast and efficient, I decided. In the door, to the window, and back out again. It still took me a few deep breaths before I could turn the handle. I hadn't been in the room since I went searching for a replacement hand grip for the rig. Nothing had moved. Nothing had changed. The left wall was all shelves. Shelves filled with trophies and more trophies. Below them were the neatly arranged cylinders of forearm ribbons, all colors, coiled neatly, stacked in order from elbow to wrist in matching pairs. The other wall was covered with posters of Mecca's dancing, mostly of her own troupe, artistically blurred to capture the wings of color created by the streaming ribbons, or frozen in time to catch them at the height of leaps, or forming intricate shapes with their limbs and the ribbons. I couldn't help looking at them. Thank the moon, the canopies of their live mechs were mirrored, so I didn't have to see her face. Live mechs. Clerk doesn't drop those anymore. Everyone, the dancers and the Malay teams like Azalea, has moved to Yogi mechs. When I pulled open the curtains, I could see Dad down in the yard, ripping out weeds or something with his bare hands. There had to be an easier way to do it. I didn't want to spend Sunday down there getting dirty like he was. My thoughts were interrupted by a message from Coda. Simlord, legit everyone is vreaming your matches since your round one rampage. And last round? Brilliant. 
I replied with an emoji crown. Then I opened the windows and left the room, doing my best not to look at Lyrica's bed. It was still made up like she was coming back. That was the worst part of visiting her room, remembering she wasn't. The Robovac piggy was still prancing around Dad's room. It would find its way down the hall to the other rooms before cleaning the stairs on its way back to the service room to recharge. Still two rounds to go, I sent Dakota. I hear the next one is going to be low grav. Be ready for it, he sent back. That was interesting. My mind turned over that information as I grabbed a drink and shoved basic cheese slices in my mouth straight from the fridge. It was all I had time for. In the lobby for round four, I pulled up a screen and searched through all the shares for any details about the round. I saw a lot of questions and a lot of guesses, but nothing from the stream team organizing it. The other players popped in. Two were Globies I knew. Your Mudder and Dead Belter 25. They were both fierce competitors. The third player, Silver Mantis, was City Tier from New Pyongyang. Out of the 1,024 players who had started, we had all made it to the final 16. Only four different matches were taking place this round. Only the winners would meet in the final. Yo, City, chatted your mother. You're out first, right, Globies? Deadbelter25 replied with a thumbs up. The match was vital. It was worth strategizing to improve your chances of winning. But three global tier players banding together to eliminate a city tier wasn't much of a strategy and it didn't feel fair. I stayed silent. Silver Mantis responded with a single eye roll emoji and after a pause, three skulls. It was a classy response. The reaction to it was typical. The lobby chat started scrolling under an onslaught of bomb, knife, rocket and skull emojis, not to mention silver hands holding up every combination of fingers, and COs, CO2s, basics, toxics, and a higher density vocabulary. I'd seen this from these two before, and other players. It was part bluffing and part wrapping themselves up for the competition. It was a common pose and I always thought it was pointless. It just led to sore losers. I get it. No one likes losing. But getting angry that someone was better than you? It was just wasted energy. And it's never the other player's fault they beat you. It's your fault you lost. That's where the anger goes, right back at you. Why beat yourself again? Study the Vreams, learn from them, stay cool, move on. The launch countdown started and the chat stopped scrolling. Everyone was seating their profs, giving them a wiggle, preparing for the transition from virtual lobby space to virtual mecha cockpit, from the tense excitement of anticipation to the frenzy of competition. The construction mecha cockpit popped into existence around me, and beyond the canopy the field appeared. I looked around and waited to see what first moves the players would pull. Your mother and Dead Belter 25 flew into the air, their feet reaching for empty space. Coda had been right. Gravity was low. I gave a tiny hop straight up. I hung in the air for way too long before drifting back down to the ground. Gravity was really low. Far below lunar gravity. Besides earth gravity in normal construction sim sessions, and zero gravity in rock dog or station maintenance, lunar gravity is the only other condition you regularly come across. Like the high gravity round, this one would put everyone off their game. Except low gravity was a lot trickier, as we were all finding... Silver Mantis was third off the ground, but they had grasped the situation, seeing the Globies floating. Taking a beam in each hand, they had launched into the air. On their second leap, your mother was speeding up towards them, a beam held in a double-hand grip. Dead Belter 25 was heading in too, but had put too much power into the jump and was sailing up in a steep trajectory that would send him over and beyond the other two. I shuffled into my supply area, calling down my crane. 
I had time to build an advantage while the other three bounced around swatting each other. With the drone hovering directly overhead, I hooked cargo chains to every lift point, to every slot, to wherever I could jam a hook. With that done, I sent it straight up to wait until I called for it. The fight was drifting my way. I grabbed an armful of beams and fasteners and hopped to the tower pad. Even with the extra mass I was carrying, the friction from landing wasn't enough to counteract the bounce and low gravity, and I ended up having to shuffle back. As I planted fasteners and attached beams, I watched Silver Mantis take out your mutter. It was formidable. Your mutter was coming down from a massive leap. Silver Mantis was flying up to meet them, hands and beams up over their head, ready for a huge strike. As they approached, Silver Mantis, instead of striking, hurled their beam straight at the other player's cockpit. Your mother made a desperate attempt to deflect it. Their swing turned them in the air. Silver Mantis, in a tidy somersault, landed on your mother's back, locked their hands under the bottom edge of the cockpit, and ripped it right off. You don't see that very often. Still holding the cockpit, still drifting down on the back of the wrecked mecha, Silver Mantis threw the cockpit at Dead Belter 25. It hit them in the legs, sending them into a spin they couldn't counter. Silver Mantis rode your mother's body to the ground, pulling the beam from the flagged Mecha's hand and hopping off right before impact. Dead Belter 25 hit the ground too, but totally out of control. The combination of spin and bounce set them straight over Silver Mantis, who hit them like they were a giant piñata. I couldn't see which joint they took out, but I saw the red flag. My turn had come. Silver Mantis swiveled to face me across the field. I waved. Three giant leaps, and they were descending upon me, their beam in a two-handed grip, held at the shoulder, ready to strike down and across with all their strength. I shuffled my feet. They were firmly wedged under a beam I had fastened to the ground. I wasn't going anywhere. Eat this! She yelled across group comms. The blow was intense. I blocked it, and both our beams bent and for a moment were locked together. I swiveled, pulling her off balance and sending her flying as I let go of my beam. I picked up another one. I had to turn my head and body to watch her come to a stop and slowly get up, trying to keep contact with the ground. Looks like you're kind of stuck there, she said. I wasn't, but she could believe that if she wanted. I can still take you, I said. When she turned her face behind me, I knew she believed it. She jumped so she would land far enough behind me to set up her final strike. Due to the construction mecha's limited movement, I had to get out of my simrig seat to peer out the edge of the virtual cockpit to see her land. Zero bounce. She adapted quickly. As her knees bent for her next jump, my crane was coming down fast, and it was coming down spinning. The chains a blur, forming a giant fan. Or really, a giant whirling blade. She jumped right into it. The chains whipped the beam out of her hand and slammed into her canopy, cracking it, red flagging her. More wrapped around the cockpit, sending the whole mecha spinning. The body broke loose from the cockpit and collided with me, hitting my mecha in the back, knocking it forward across the beam, popping both my ankle joints. But it didn't matter. I had already won the round. The view in my veer set switched back to the lobby. Your mutter was already gone. Dead Belter 25 hung around to send a GG to me and Silver Mantis. You and your cranes, chatted Silver Mantis at me. It's like two against one. GG. I sent back a smile and a peace sign as I looked through the rankings for the series to see who I would be facing. One other match had finished. Aurora Bora from New Stockholm would be in the final. I saw the ring around Silver Mantis's avatar shift from orange to blue. 
Welcome to Global Cheer, I chatted at her. Yes, I gotta go stream this. Take this series so I can say I got crane-brained by the best. Dalgar, she replied and logged out. The other matches finished. The final four are going to be me, Battle Pig 32, Aurora Boar, and Glurk Sucks 8819. 8819. I guess a lot of people think Glurk sucks. My mini-tab was buzzing. Azalea was calling. I answered as I headed back to the kitchen. Competition makes me hungry. She was still in her mecca. Second place, she said, holding up a green ribbon where I could see. We should have been first. Robbed, I tell you. I put my mini-tab on the bench as I opened the tub of basic chalk spread. Who robbed you? Who are we fighting? I said. Basic Aleppo. Who's that? A basic judge who always marks us down. The finals are in the city and she's not going to be there, so we might actually win for a change. I sucked on a spoonful of chocolate. I'm through to my finals, I told her. Of course you are. You're unstoppable. And you don't have to deal with stupid judges. Aleppo hates speed style. She's always overscoring the floaty-floaty squads. So biased. Totally biased. She wished me luck in my final. Then she had to go. Jaya, Lashana, and her were going to feed their disappointment ice cream at a Met Cafe and start planning for the final. See you tomorrow, she said and cut the call. Coda messaged me when I was back in the sim rig, adjusting the straps on the veer set and gearing myself up for the final match. Great work last match, the message said. Very strategic. Your patience is laudable. Final match is looking very tricky. What did he know about the final match? Tough competition, I replied, but no surprises there. Not the players, the environment. I hear there'll be no cranes for a start. Where are you hearing this? I wrote back. Sources, smiley face. No cranes, no nothing is what I was told. No supplies, just four beams, all on a single pad. You ready for that? If he was right, this was weird. It wasn't really a tower battle at all. It was just a fight. Normally you expect these elimination series to get more and more exciting as the matches progress, building to a spectacular end. Four mechas trying to knock each other's cockpits off wasn't spectacular. Coda sent a string of question marks. I guess I'm ready, I wrote back. Good luck. I'll be right here cheering, he wrote, and sent a picture of a giant screen slightly blocked by two pairs of shoes, one white in the middle, obviously belonging to Coda, and a large black pair beside it. Maybe his dad's? Does he watch sim streams? I figured he'd be too busy for that. They were in his home theater, which is the best place to stream anything. When I logged into the lobby, the other players were already there selecting their mechas. At least the organizers were giving us a choice this time. Maybe that meant Coda was right. Hey, it's the Crane Lord, chatted Aurora Bora. Shut it, wrote Battle Pig 32. We're all coming for you, Prax at 2230. Sent Glurk Sucks 8819. Sorry, Neef. You shut it too, wrote Battle Pig 32. You shut it, replied Glurk Sucks 8819. He'd have worked it out in the first second. Do what you gotta do, I replied. I tried to scroll back through the chat to see if they revealed any of their plans, but there's nothing to scroll back to. Aurora Bora's Crane Lord quip was the first thing in the chat. They must have been talking in real life. Maybe they all know each other. For my mecha, I slotted in the 15-meter hardvac ranger. It was a beast. The real one was designed for the heaviest and most dangerous asteroid and lunar mining jobs. The active alloy panels were thick, and the joints were protected by heavy woven graphene sleeves. It was the same mecha everyone else selected. You don't make it this far by not knowing your mechas. All four of us were global tier and expecting a serious battle. What else would you choose? Still, 
Something about it didn't sit right. I always feel like if you're doing the same thing everyone else is doing, you're going to end up with the same result. With seconds left before launch, I found myself back in the mecha selector, flicking through the options faster and faster, looking, looking. The counter flipped from three seconds to two seconds. I brought up the keyboard. I hit L. I hit I. There it was. I locked in my mecha right as the counter hit zero, and I was feeling like I might have just gone crazy. Hi, this is James. I'm the guy behind Futures Mecha. I ride it. I read it. I do everything that takes it from my head and gets it into your ears. Now that we've finished the 10th episode, I thought I'd pop in and say hello and thank you. Thank you for following along this far. This is just the very beginning of the story, and it's just, as you may have noticed, starting to get really interesting. We've met some of the major characters. We've got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of problems piling up on poor Praxit, and a lot more to come. It is an epic saga, after all. And we're definitely into the saga part, and the epicness is on the horizon. As the story keeps going, I am hoping to make the episodes longer. They're currently about 20 minutes of just the actual story. And that represents about three to 4,000 words, depending on what's happening and how fast I'm reading it. I would love to stretch that out to half an hour, and I would really like to do two episodes a week. But currently time is a bit of a constraint, and that would be writing anywhere up around eight to 10,000 words a week, which is quite a lot. So maybe not two episodes, but definitely I would like to aim for longer episodes. If you find the gap between Futures Mecha episodes a bit too long, and you feel like you need some more Mecha in your life, I try to post Futures Mecha-related content to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, anywhere I can. Just search on any of those services for Futures Mecha and follow me. What would be really helpful is if you are a fan of Futures Mecha, you can share it with your friends, share it with everyone. The more listeners we have, the more we can do with the show. I've got a whole list of things I would love to do on the Futures Mecha Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash futuresmecha. If you like, you could support Futures Mecha on Patreon. The biggest bonus is you get the episodes on Sundays instead of waiting till Wednesdays. Thank you again for listening. Share Futures Mecha with your friends. And I'll see you next episode.